emojis. We all use them. I was eating at Rio Cristal a few months back. Anybody eat at Rio Cristal before? So little things about Rio Cristal. It's, it's a Cuban restaurant, and you have to be 75 years old to work there. All right? Uh, if you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. Ain't nobody there under 75. Um, and, and I remember uh, I, I, was, I was waiting, and I, and I needed something from the waitress, from the lady that was attending us, and, and I'm trying to get her attention, but she was on her phone. And I don't know if she was on Facebook, or I don't know if she was on, you know, Instagram, or, or Granny Nam, if there is one of those, right? Uh, it, she was on there, and, and, and she's typing away. We are all connected to these devices, and we've learned how to use all these emojis. And we have emojis representing every different thing. And we've been talking in this series about emotional intelligence. Now, I'm going to give you the definition, so if you haven't heard it, but, or if you have heard it, you can hear it again. But emotional intelligence is... The ability to monitor one's own and others' emotions. To discriminate between different emotions and label them appropriately. And to use emotional information to guide thinking and behavior. And in this series, we're using Bible principles in order to get us to have a better emotional quotient. Why? Because we are emotional people. God created us in His image and likeness. And God showed emotion, right? We see in the scripture God's love. We see his frustration with the children of Israel where he even aroused his anger against them and wanting to destroy them, right? We see different emotions in God. So we need to learn how to deal with emotions because it is not of God to be led by emotions, but it's neither godly to push your emotions into a corner and vilify them. So we talked about a few things, right? We talked about the fact that fear is an emotion that we all encounter, but it's not of God. It's an emotion that we all come, but that when we overcome fear, we're able to enter into those victories, like Abraham was able to enter his victory in Genesis chapter 15, when God said to him, hey, no fear, I am your shield. We talked about anger. A normal emotion that we all feel that can be very dangerous. However, it can be avoided, it can be managed, and anger can be righteous. Now, if you want to hear these, we've got them on our website. You can watch the videos or you can get a CD after service and hear them. Because we're going to get into a third emotion today. But I want to start reading Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. When you've got it, say amen. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25, it says this, Therefore... I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. What you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add a cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory was arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? 
Therefore, do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Today we're going to talk about anxiety, worry, something we all deal with. Now, I'm going to give you the definition of anxiety, and this is from a website, uh, not a website, I'm sorry, this is from the psychiatry's dictionary of what anxiety is. Ready? It's anxiety is an emotion characterized by feelings of tension, worried thoughts, and personal changes like increased blood pressure. One more time. An emotion characterized by feelings of tension, Worried thoughts and personal changes like increased blood pressure. Did you know that over 40 million people in the United States of America have a diagnosed anxiety disorder? That's 18.1% of the population. Diagnosed. That's not including all the other people that are being their lives dealt or, or led by anxiety that haven't been diagnosed. And of that 18.1%, 18.1%, only 36% of them look for treatment. Because many times we feel that we can deal with stuff. Now, I want to start off by saying something. There are times where there are disorders in a person's physical being that requires some sort of medication. I believe in medicine. I believe in doctors. But I also understand that many times we are medicating issues that can only be healed by God. There's a balance. And all of you that are kind of looking around saying, who's taking medication? Some of you aren't taking a pill, but you medicate yourself daily to deal with your anxiety by watching three shows on Netflix. Or drinking two bottles of wine or going excessively to sport, or fighting. You're finding a way to medicate yourself on something that can only be medicated with God. Now, let's talk about a few things about anxiety. You know, those of you that are part of our church, you know that I believe in standing upon the Word of God, but I also do believe in what science says. So one thing that's very interesting that you can learn from psychologists and everyone in this industry is that fear and anxiety are actually intertwined. Fear and anxiety are interrelated, which is why we started this series talking about fear and about the fact that fear doesn't come from God. Fear produces anxiety and anxiety can produce fear. They are connected. And we talked about being able to overcome fear. And today we're going to hit how to overcome anxiety. That's the first thing I want you to understand. The second thing is this. I want to talk for a second about physical things that anxiety can cause you. It can affect you physically. And I'm going to read to you a few of the symptoms or things that you feel when you're having anxiety, feeling nervous, tense, or fearful, restlessness, panic attacks in severe cases of anxiety, an accelerated heart rate, sweating, shaking, fatigue, weakness, sleep problems, Nausea, 
digestive issues. See, when your body feels anxiety, it releases adrenaline and it releases... Let me look up. I'm going to show you the word. I don't want to say it wrong. I'm going to mispronounce it. I lost it. Adrenaline and cortisol. Cortisol is something that your body releases and adrenaline because when you feel anxiety, usually the body is trying to respond to a flight or fight response. So the body releases the adrenaline so that you can run, you can breathe, you can do the different things. Is why some people hyperventilate when they are having a panic attack of anxiety because your body's actually trying to get more oxygen into you, but your mind thinks you can't breathe and you begin to gasp. And if it's a fight response, that's healthy. Your body's trying to protect you. But if you don't know how to manage your anxiety and you feel this at a job interview, you're not going to get the job. The adrenaline kicks in and you start tossing table. Notice. Things start happening. Your digestive system. Cortisol paralyzes your digestive system. It tells it to stop working. Which is why people, when they experience high anxiety and fear, can lose bladder control. Can I teach you something for a second? Because it's easier to run with an empty bladder. And your body is trying to prepare itself to run. But if you are dealing with this anxiety because you're not learning how to deal with this stuff, you are having issues even in digestive. If you've ever, you hear this a lot, Cubans say this a lot, where, where something doesn't sit right, it's like, se me paralizó la digestión. My digestion got paralyzed. Any Cuban ever heard that before? Okay. Usually, why do they say that? I finished eating, I got so upset at something, I got anxious about something, and all of a sudden, what I ate didn't sit right. I threw up, maybe perhaps you had bowel movements, whatever the case might be. Your body's trying to respond. But we're living in a time where we're being worried, anxious about so many things in which we're not supposed to worry. So we know it's tied to fear. And we know that it can affect your body physically. And the third thing about anxiety is that it leads you to unfruitfulness. Now, anybody here ever ride a stationary bicycle? Or done the elliptical machine? Or done a treadmill? Right? You sweat. You burn calories. It may say you rode 10 miles, but you didn't go anywhere. Did you guys just figure that out for the first time, right? You did all the stuff, but you didn't go anywhere. That's anxiety. You worry, you fear, you have all this stuff going, your heart's racing, your adrenaline, the, the, the body's releasing cotrilloir, or however you pronounce the word, and then you're dealing with this, but you're not going anywhere. Let me tell you where it says it in the Bible. See, in the parable of the sower in Matthew 13... Jesus says that some of that seed fell upon stony places where because it had no root, the cares of this word, it is the same word in the original language, Murni Mao, it's the cares, the worries, the anxieties of this world sprung up and choked the word so that it became unfruitful. So we are living an unfruitful walk as a believer 
Because we are allowing the anxieties and the cares to choke up the word of God. And what do we tend to do? If we can be honest, take our masks off for a minute. Many times the first thing we give up on when the going gets tough is God. Why? Because the cares of this world made it unfruitful. But we have hope. Because with God, we can overcome anxiety. You want to know the first thing you need to do in your life and I need to do in my life to overcome anxiety? We already read it. It's this. Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. To overcome anxiety, there has to be a concerted effort and shift for the pursuit of God and all of his righteousness. Pastor Fernie said on Wednesday in our Bible study, in our lighthouse, how this is one of the misquoted verse in the scripture. Most misquoted. Because people say this, seek God and he will supply your needs. Right? Like seek God and he will give you the desires of your heart. But they forget the part of seek God and his righteousness. See, when you're seeking God and his righteousness, it's not only that you're learning it, you're going to start to apply it. Seek God and his righteousness. That's the first thing to overcome anxiety. Am I putting the weight on myself trying to figure it out or am I pursuing God? Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7 say this. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Go back to verse 6, please. Be anxious for nothing, but with prayer and supplication. The first thing to overcome anxiety is to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The second thing is to pray. Prayer is the second thing that we need to really institute into our personal daily walk with God and able to be able to overcome anxiety. It says, be anxious, but in prayer and supplication, let your request be known to God. Guys, it's not sinful to feel anxious. But if you stay there, you can enter into sin. I think I've said it probably 20 times this year on Sundays, if not more. Temptation in and of itself is not a sin. Jesus was tempted in everything, but with no sin. So I don't want anybody to be like, oh my God, I'm feeling this anxiety because I got this big test coming on. I'm entering sin. No, 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 no. You're not in sin. But if you stay in that worry, it's going to lead you to do other things that might be sinful. So how do you deal when this anxiety comes? You go and seek God and his righteousness and you go and you spend time in prayer. Essential. To seek God and to spend time in prayer. Philippians 4, verse 8, tells us our third thing, which is to guard our thoughts. Look what Philippians 4, 8 says. It says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, noble, whatever things are just, pure, whatever things are lovely, of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. So 
How do we overcome it? Seek God and his righteousness. Spend time in prayer. In church, we got to guard our thoughts. Anxiety, if you remember the definition, Stephen, can you throw the definition up one more time? Right smack in the middle, but this is from the psychiatrist's dictionary. It is worried thoughts is one of the characteristics of anxiety. And then what does the word of God say? It says, think and meditate on the good, the pure, the honest, the trustworthy, the noble. So the question I ask you and anybody that is telling me I'm dealing with this anxiety and I can't overcome it is what are you spending time thinking about? Because what you are focused on in your thinking, that's where you're going to go. It's going to take you there. So we need to take every thought that comes, the Bible says in another scripture, take your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ, right? So whatever thought comes, you need to put it up to the scripture and say, is this noble? Is this true? How many times don't we get stuck on something only to find out later that it was never true? I mean, Satan is the father of My wife and I were sitting on the couch last week and we were watching one of these shows uh, on CBS, um, Big Brother. And um, this one girl tells the guy that was in charge that week that had won the HOH or whatever, you know, your alliance members, these guys are trying to target you. And he was like, no way, oh my gosh, I can't believe it, whatever. And so he goes and, and he gets this information, which was actually true. And he goes to his alliance members and everybody says, no, she's lying to you. And they start putting things. So now this guy's at this turmoil of trying to figure out who's saying the truth, who's lying, what's going on. And he's just meditating all the time. You just see his face changing with all of the thought, trying to figure out what's the thing. Church, if it's not true, don't give it any time. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, don't give it time. Don't give it the audience. I mean, have you ever gone to a movie theater, paid for the movie, sat down and realized it wasn't what you thought and get up and walked out? If y'all never done that, y'all should. (laughs) I will get up. I will walk to the thing. This was before you could really find out what was in a movie. Now I know before I go, okay, is is this because of sexual activity? I'm not going to go watch that. I don't need to put that before my eyes. So you get up, you go to the people in the front and say, hey, I bought these tickets. The movie's not what I wanted. Give me a refund. Some of you have left and didn't ask for a refund. No, I don't leave it. I give me my ticket. I'm coming back another day to another movie. And if they tell you no, to say, can I talk to the manager? You always ask for the next person up, all right? I learned that from Pastor Jesse Duplantis. You just always answer. You never get upset. You just say, just get me to the next person down the line that can tell me yes. Simple. No reason to get agitated. There will always be somebody down that line that can say yes. All you got to just wait. That's a different preaching, though. <laughs> you get up and you walk out. You turn a movie on on TV or a show. You don't like it. You turn it off, right? Why are we listening to the lies of the devil so intently? We're sitting there watching his lies and movies and dealing with anxiety, and trying to medicate it, 
instead of seeking God with all and his righteousness, praying about it, and guarding our thoughts. Leads me to the fourth thing that we can use to overcome anxiety, and it's to cast it upon the Lord. 1 Peter 5.7 says this, 1 Peter 5.7. It says, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. My youngest daughter, Samantha, turned two in June. And we had a birthday party for her, birthday party for her. And um, Samantha loves two things, foods, two things. She loves rice and beans, and she loves croquetas, okay? So my wife called my mom and said, Mai, can you make rice and beans? My mom makes, I mean, killer black beans. I'll put them up to anybody's, and, and she's got it, right? So, and my mom's like, sure, I'll make it, whatever. So it's hilarious because we, we, at my daughter's birthday party, we had hamburgers and hot dogs and then rice and beans right next to it. It was hysterical. So we eat hamburgers and hot dogs, rice and beans, right? You just don't do that. But she likes rice and beans, so she did it. And we also had croquetas because she loves croquetas. And so I served myself a plate of white rice, black beans, and croquetas. Dude, it was awesome. First things first, it was an outdoor party, and it was so hot that the croquetas being hit by the sun, they tasted like they had just come out of a fryer. They were crispy. They were warm. I'm getting hungry just talking about it. And I had an instant revelation of something. I had an instant remembrance in my mind of growing up and many times eating for dinner Rice, beans, and croquetas. I loved it to this day, man. If I go to Rio Cristal, I get my rice and beans, and I ask for croquetas to eat with it. I love it. But can I tell you something? We didn't eat rice, beans, and croquetas because it was amazing. We did it because money was tight, and it was cheap to buy rice, beans, and a box of croqueta caseritas. I'm going somewhere with it. As an educator, one of the worst things that I saw time and time again was children dealing with the anxiety of bills and rent and stuff because they hear mom and dad talking about it. I grew up loving this, not knowing that mom was just trying to feed me and perhaps at night crying that she couldn't make me a steak. And I honor you and thank you for that. But at 40 years old in my backyard, it hit me. I didn't carry the weight of that anxiety because she protected me. And my heavenly father cares for me. He's carrying the weight of my anxiety if I throw it onto him. We don't, we're not made. My eight-year-old is not made. My six-year-old is not made. And my two-year-old are not made to carry the burden of paying a mortgage. It's my responsibility. They don't have to worry if there's milk in the fridge. This guy does. And how much more so with our heavenly father who clothes the lilies, who feeds the birds, Take care of us if we cast those cares upon him. Church, part of the reason that the body of Christ is dealing with this anxiety is because we haven't learned how to cast it to God, to let go of it. 
How do you overcome anxiety? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. How do you overcome anxiety? You pray. How do you overcome anxiety? you got to guard your thoughts. How do you overcome it? You've got to cast your cares. And church, this is the biggest one. You have to know what God says about you. When you know what God says about you, I don't need to be anxious about what somebody thinks about me. When you know what God says about you, you don't have to be anxious with the things around you. What does the Bible say? Isaiah 49, 16, man. It says, I have carved you, inscribed you in the palms of my hands. What does Jeremiah 29, 11 says? It says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. Church, we must know what God says about us. But if you don't read the Bible, you will not know. If you don't spend time with God, you will not know. And the fears and anxieties which lead us to act angry, these emotions lead us to live a life not according to God's perfect plan for you. Worship team, as you come to the altar. Church, these emotions that we've talked about, and we've got more that we're going to hit over the next three weeks. This is our summer series. But these emotions that we've been talking about, they can be overcome in our lives. But it's through God. It's not on your own strength. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He shall direct your path. Church, you can overcome this anxiety. And you do it by seeking God, his righteousness, praying, guarding your thoughts, casting your cares upon him, and knowing your identity. My brother, Pastor Eddie, talked about, as he prayed over Matthew, that he will understand his identity in Christ. As a former teacher, as a former youth pastor, children's pastor, dealing with kids probably for more than a time that I haven't, Hearing kids tell you things like, I don't know who I am. I'm not worthy. I'm not worth it. I, all these weights that they're carrying. Which leads them then when they do hear about God, they're like, but if my natural father didn't care, how can I have this guy that I don't see? Like, I don't get it. Because the enemy knows that if you don't know your identity, he's got you. But when you understand who you are in Christ and what God says about you, you can and will overcome. Because the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ, not me. It's not through my strength, it's through God's strength. So I challenge you, church. Put it at the forefront of your mind. You're going to feel these emotions. The iPhone's so smart, it tries to give you the emoji just when you type in a word. You know, I'll practice that. I, I, all these things that we're going to talk about, I've been praying. I'll type it into my phone and see what face it pops up. As a matter of fact, if you type in anxious, it gives you three options. 
Can't even keep it simple there. Cast your cares upon Him. Seek Him. Pray. Guard your thoughts. And begin to learn what He says about you and who you are. That's how we overcome.